You are listening to Metrics and Chill, a podcast about business metrics and the interesting ways that people improve them. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. All right, my guest today is Amanda Natividad, head of marketing at Growth Machine, which is an SEO-focused content marketing agency, so right up my alley, Amanda. Um, Amanda, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you on. Yeah, thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me, John. And Amanda is coming on the show today to talk about a specific metric that is really interesting to me and, and one thing that I'm looking forward to geeking out on, and that's conversions and or sales engagement from podcasting. So the reason why I think that's so interesting, and I'm sure everyone listening knows this too, is because it's you know historically pretty challenging to get any sort of attribution out of podcasting, right? Um, save for creating unique landing page URLs that you only share on your podcast, right? That seems to be like the play that most people have done over the years. But I'm really excited to dig into this with you, Amanda, and hear how the agency has approached that. So uh, first, I just want to lead off with just podcasting at a high level at Growth Machine. How did you identify this or, you know, you and the agency, how did you identify this as an area of opportunity in terms of increasing lead gen or engaging the sales team more like just talk about the overall opportunity and like why was this channel um invested more in yeah so i would say that you know when i i joined growth machine back in june and when i joined it was a lot of a lot of my work was about operationalizing content and marketing right so making sure the blog was up and running making sure email funnel was set up correctly um, and then identifying new channels so when it came to the podcast, which technically already existed before I joined, I think by the time that I had um, published our first episode, we had not published within like eight or nine months or so. So it was sort of a revival. And the reason we, the reason we homed in on the podcast was that we, well, I figured we needed a new channel that would be sustainable for me to continue to produce content for, right? So a challenge that I had with the blog was, you know, whenever whenever we or whenever I put out a blog post, I want it to be the absolute best version of that blog post, sure. right? So a lot of work goes into that, hours of writing and editing. And, you know, at that level of production, that level of quality, it's hard to do that repeatable or, you know, on an ongoing basis. Like, it's hard to do that multiple times a week. Whereas for a podcast where, you know, I still very much want every episode to be the best version of itself, it's a little bit more scalable, right? I can I can do prep by listening to podcasts and taking notes um, of my guests uh, prior. You know, I don't have to be at my desk to do that. And then when we record, when I make the ask to the guests, it's not, hey, can you spend 10 hours writing a guest blog post for me? It's, hey, can you spend one hour with me? We'll have a really fun conversation. We can talk yeah. about the success of what you had here and there. Um, and, you know, it's it's a good way to ultimately tap into other people's audiences if they've built a following. Right. That makes mm -hmm. sense. So you were primarily approaching this as an opportunity because it was more scalable. So yeah. uh, like is the internal marketing at Growth Machine, is it a fairly small team? Yeah, it is. We are, we are a team of one. So the team is me. <laughs> right. Okay. So you have um, to find ways where you can... Yeah you know, either, yeah, that, that's really smart, either get, so essentially you're finding ways to scale content and get user generated content um, efficiently. So you can publish yeah. a lot as a small team 
And so podcasting, right, that would make more sense yeah. than, than blogging, which would, yeah, longer turnaround times, takes a lot for people to even commit to doing it. Right. Okay. So that's smart. So you yeah. really, I, you really just saw podcasting as, all right, this is the easiest way for me to scale quality. Scale quality and to, you know, identify new opportunities for upcoming content. Right. So now something else that we do, and we, we've actually been providing it as a service is podcast optimization. So each episode that we do will become at least one blog post. So we'll take a topic that we explored in a given episode, and then I'll expound on that in a longer blog post. So, you know, in one episode, I talked with um, Steph Smith, head of trends for The Hustle, and we talked about things like content distribution and repurposing content. So then we ended up doing a blog post, or I ended up doing a blog post, I hired a writer for this, um, about repurposing your content without sounding redundant. Right. So what also helps with this podcast is that it helps to create more sort of content or engagement loops where we're able to keep continuing um, our content engine, so to speak. Right. Smart. So the podcast optimization service, is that something that the agency has always offered? Uh, it's pretty new, actually. We've been offering it for the past couple months now. Um, and we have a couple of clients who already have podcasts who are like, great, I just need someone to help me, you know, continue to get more content out of these episodes. Right. So, mm -hmm. right. Another really smart reason to launch a podcast if you're offering a service mm -hmm. around it, right? Um so that's interesting. So again, for those listening, it sounds like the takeaway there is scaling quality, right? Um, especially if you're a smaller team, you're looking for user-generated content. Podcasting does seem to be a strength in that regard, right? It's really, mm -hmm. it's it's fairly easy to get people on a podcast um, yeah. and you have a service aligned with it as well. So I think I, I kind of see maybe where this is going when, when it gets to the leads and sales and enablement part. Um so talk about how you, well, first, I guess, was leads and sales engagement, was that part of the plan going? I mean, I know any initiative for any yeah. company, you want to generate sales, right? But like yeah. when you relaunched the podcast, was it like, okay, this is going to be a really strong channel in terms of leads and sales engagement? Yeah, we, we did feel that way. But it was also when we first started, it was, okay, we think this is going to be a really good way to generate and engage leads. But also, you know, we went when when we went into it, it wasn't, hey, we need to we need to hit, you know, three, five, ten, whatever leads sure. in this first month. It was first just focused on let's get this going. Let's have, you know, let's have great guests, let's have good interviews, produce a nice quality podcast, and then hopefully the rest will follow. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I was very intentional about wanting to make sure that we were playing to our strengths and finding new ways to amplify our clients and our case studies. And and I say finding new ways to ampl amplify them in that, um, you know, I mean, we, we do like blog posts about each of our case studies, but not everybody reads blog posts. So we wanted to find new ways to repurpose content in a way that would most um, meet people where they are. Right. Interesting. Okay. The, um, and that's, that's really interesting. I, I, so you didn't really set numerical goals going in. It was more no. so let's launch this. We'll see what the initial numbers look like. And then obviously from that point, it's a lot easier to yeah. say like, okay, let's improve that 5% or, or whatever. Once you have some sort of basis to go off of. Right. And especially on, you know, for us as an agency or even just in B2B, where if you get one client out of something, it's a, it's a pretty good sure. ROI, right. right? So, you know, we're not thinking about like, oh, how many thousands of customers can we get out of this? It's like, it's more about, well, how many clients can we sign on? 
who would want to engage us in the longer term. And that's really meaningful to us. So, you know, we have all kinds of things like, you know, our, our sales, our head of sales will ask uh, new contacts, like, oh, how did you hear about us? So that's one way that we'll find out how, you know, right. if, if we can attribute um, a new lead to a podcast. Uh, we also do some social listening. Um, and then they really just keep an eye on the word of mouth thing. Like sometimes people will reach out to us, like to me personally or to our CEO, CEO or our founder personally and say, hey, I heard about what you guys are doing on this podcast episode. Like, I really want to do that for my business. Sure. Uh, can we talk? But yeah. And like you said, one one of those mm-hmm. can can be significant. Um, and it's mm-hmm. so easy to fall into the trap of I just want to get 20,000 listeners, especially with yeah. podcasting. Um, I just, you know, I want, I want to be on the top of the charts. I want hundred reviews. I want, but especially, especially in, especially for service businesses, if you can net Mm -hmm. one client, two clients a a month or a quarter, you know, depending on your price point, like that could be huge. Uh, And you don't need a massive audience for that. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so how did you, how did you and the team actually go about improving performance in terms of, you know, generating leads and or sales engagement or just optimizing for it because I know you kind of like relaunched it when you got there. So just talk about the X's and O's of how you actually went about improving the performance there. Yeah. So, uh, so one way was one, one easy win for us was, um, turning a client case study into a podcast episode. So what I did there was I interviewed our then chief operating officer, now our chief executive officer, Nora Schlesinger, who headed up um, the client account. And so I just, we had like a 40 minute conversation about like, how did you identify this niche? What worked, what didn't work? Um, you know, how did you bank content in advance of planning? Do you even need to do that before you launch a, a new website? All this stuff like that. Um, and then at first we, we started publishing the episodes on YouTube as just the full like unedited sure. video. Um, so that helped a little bit. Um, but we also, another metric that I, started to started to track or started to kind of pay attention to was was downloads from additional episodes something else i started doing was publishing these mini episodes which are really just me reading a a blog post like spoken word poetry (laughs) um and it's it's really awkward to record but what i was finding was that uh we were getting a lot of downloads on that like just as just as many people who download our regular guest episodes are also downloading these mini episodes where it's like 10 to 15 minutes of me reading a blog post. Um, so that has been surprisingly impactful and that that has led to more downloads and even led to more people or, more, or new contacts reaching out to me and saying, hey, thank you. Like, I, I really love this quick episode. Like, I learned something new. Um, glad you're doing this now. And some of these people had no idea that we had them as blog posts um, because, they, you know, not everybody reads our blog. So it's a new sort of channel to reach people with the same kind of content. Um, and it's also really easy for me to do, right? Like recording the episode takes like 15 minutes out of my day, right. but it makes a big impact for our audience. So you're essentially recording the audio, the audio book for your, for your yeah. each blog post? Is it, <laughs> exactly. is it, is it every blog post you're writing? Uh, every blog post, yeah. And then Interesting. What, what helped was that I, you know, started, I was publishing on the blog for maybe two months before launching the podcast. So when I started doing these mini episodes, I was like two months behind. So what's kind of nice is that if anybody did read the blog post, they're going to hear or they're going to see or hear the mini episode maybe two months later. And so maybe by then they've forgotten about the blog post. So it also just kind of feels like fresh new content. Right. And you had a nice backlog of stuff to start with, right? 
like exactly. um, that that you that you could work through. So that's really interesting. So I, I really like. I've always I've often thought about like the the audio version of blog posts, but I haven't really seen it done a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't even say I've, I've never seen it done well because I haven't even really seen that done a lot. So yeah. what you're saying is by having this audio version of the blog post, you have some people who might not be engaging with the content on the website. They might not be looking, they might not be subscribing, but they have subscribed to your podcast. So they hear that and then reach out with a question or maybe wanting to talk yeah. to the sales team. Maybe they, they want something, whatever the subject of the blog post was, they want something similar done for them. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get a couple people reach out each week. Wow. Okay. So would you say that that's been the most effective play on the podcast side in terms of Um, increasing engagement or is it the case study? um, So it's mainly the case study and the guests. Uh, We have, you know, I've been very fortunate to have some great, amazing guests join who have existing followings or also just have really good, strong expertise in what they do. Um, And I try to keep the interviews, you know, focused on content creation or content marketing in the broadest sense, um, just to keep it, you know, sort of open-ended in terms of conversations. Um, so that has helped a lot. And I think a lot of that for those is, I don't think anybody's thinking that they, uh, I, I don't think any potential customer is thinking that they that we need to have amazing guests for them to want to be one of our clients. But I think it does, it gives them a reason to listen where they're thinking about like, oh, you know, I had been following um, Amanda Getz's career for a little while. I do want to hear her on this episode. So it kind of helps make us top of mind for them. Because um, I think ultimately what it comes down to, it's it's the content itself that really gets people to sure. want us to engage, um, who want to engage us as their content agency. So it's the really it's really the SEO and content marketing specific episodes that we've done that people have gone to us and said, hey, you talked about, you know, you had the founder of Dupole on your episode and he used your long tail strategy for getting, you know, for acquiring more customers. I want you guys to do that for us. So is there a specific ask in these episodes or does it just happen organically? Like you just, the, the way you just walk through? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, in the case of when I had Mark Thomas, the founder of Dupole join, I knew that he had employed some of our tactics to grow his own site. So he did this on his own. Um, so I knew that ahead of time. And we were, you know, we were friends before the podcast or, you know, we were, fr- we were online friends. <laughs> I'll say we, we met a few months ago, like online and we're, you know, we're chatting there. And so when I had him on the, on the show, I knew, I knew a little bit of this going into it, but didn't have, you know, all the data in front of me. So it was really fun to kind of dig into that with him. Right, right. Yeah. So at the end of like your podcast episodes, are you telling people, hey, if you want this, if you want um, to employ this strategy, reach out to us here or visit this page? Or do you not really include like a s- explicit call to action in that way? Yeah, I don't always include it. I mean, I'll, I'll mention it if it if it's very directly related to something we discussed. Because my point of view there is, people know they can reach out to us, right? right? They, people always know they can reach out to whoever's hosting the podcast for whatever reason. So I don't like to make it too salesy in that sure. regard, but I like to make it really easy for people to reach out. So in the show notes of each episode, there'll always be the contact contact us link. Um, and if someone employs a certain tactic that we've recommended to them, then, you know, I'll mention it at the sort of end tag of each episode, but yeah. Just cover the subject really well and people organically, it sounds like reach out and ask how you did it or they want to know more information. That's great. I I really, really believe that if you really focus on 
providing someone the most valuable kind of content or what they're looking for, they're going to want to reach out to you. Like right. they're going to want to ask more questions or, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Um, and this last part is probably the most interesting for me because po- I've been doing podcasting a long time. Usually the data, it's, it's sort of like a black box, right? In terms of the data yeah. that you get out of the, you know, the, the different uh, companies that are, that, you know, people are using to stream your podcast. So what can you tell us about the results or, and how you measure it um, in terms of both leads and sales engagement? Yeah. So I, I do look at downloads uh, and downloads over time. Um, I And I'll, I'll see that the downloads tend to be really correlated with the quality of which I promote the episode. Like if I, if I sure. come up with a really, really good Twitter thread or a good LinkedIn post based on an insight, that actually does make an impact on the downloads that I have. So I do think very, I do, I do think very intentionally about the, I'll call it derivative content, like the promotional content that I can produce from the episode, because the higher quality that is, the more downloads we'll get. So I do look at that. Um, and then I do look at um, mentions of the podcast mentions, like whether it's social media or whether it's people reaching out to us or talk or talking about the episode. Right. How are, what about um, sales engagement, people reaching out? Like I know you, you said you get a lot of people reaching out or people wanting to get connected with your sales team. And then obviously you're generating leads. How, how are you able to track that kind of thing? Uh, it sounds like it's probably done yeah. manually in some cases, but like. It's mostly manually. Yeah. I mean, I do have UTMs in each of the links that would be in the show notes. Um, and that helps a little bit, but, and so, and so every now and then I, I will see like, oh, cool. We got like 10 people who filled out our contact us form after they click through on the contact us link on episode 11. Like I can see that, but not everybody, you know, sure. that's yeah. not, it doesn't always represent the client behavior. So that is, that is a way that I do track it. And I think it's a little bit underrated and I'll say underrated because of all the times that I've seen other, uh, podcasts where they have their show notes, where I don't see that they have UTMs. Yeah, people sleep um, on the show notes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Myself included. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, because UTMs were, uh, it's it's manual work, and it's not fun. It's a little well, bit It's also and, like, a, yeah. do, you know, you wonder how many people read it, how many people yeah. read the show notes, and then from there, like, how many people are actually clicking show notes, especially if you're yeah. reading on a mobile device and you're in your car driving. So, yeah. like, I think people sleep on it, but it sounds like you yeah. you're seeing you know, you're seeing a percentage of people actually click those UTMs inside the show notes. Yeah. And fill absolutely. out the contact form. And so then you have people actually reaching out probably from your LinkedIn posts, I would imagine, when you're sharing yeah. those insights that say like, hey, I listened to the episode. Um, interested to hear more. Do you do anything with those people? Like, are they marked in any way? Like in a spreadsheet? Like, do you keep track of that? The number of people that do that? It's super manual. But yeah, I do keep track of it. And I have it in an, in an Evernote and Notion doc. Yeah. Right, right. And so you could at least yeah. keep track of like which topics. Yeah, and like which to. people specifically. Because I'll also add it like when I pass it along to our head of sales, I'll add some notes like, hey, you know, we this person and I talked about, you know, these things that they were most interested in, you know, podcast optimization or they're most interested in link building with us. Like right. that's the thing to know. But right, yeah. right. So you must have um the the profile of just the podcast m- must be elevated inside the company since you've come on board and sort of revived it, right? Since, yeah. you know, more people are asking and you're connecting more people with the sales team. Um, and did you notice that those people tend to be more qualified or are they kind of just like, do they just run the average as any other lead? Like what in terms of like quality, how does the podcast, uh, how does the podcast work there? 
That's a really good question. Um, I would say that it, it it's actually pretty on par, fairly on par with the leads that we get organically. Um, I would say maybe a little bit better in the sense that they are more aware of what we do. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, it tends to be pretty pretty similar in terms of quality. Interesting. Well, this yeah. was this was really interesting, and I would be remiss if I didn't ask just for myself and all the listeners, like, what's the name of the podcast, and and where can we go to find it? Yeah, it's the Growth Machine Marketing Podcast. Um, you know, you can listen online on our website, growthmachine.com/podcast. But also, you know, you can search for it in any of your in any of your you know favorite podcast players. Amanda, and new this episodes was... drop. Oh, sorry, new episodes drop every Tuesday, and mini episodes drop Thursdays. Every two. What What's the mini episode? That's the the blog posts. Yeah, that's the blog post or spoken word blog post. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I, I, I like. So, how how often are you publishing written content? Uh, usually once a week. Once um, a week. I didn't publish last week. So once a week, and then you do crazy. one, and then you do a live, uh, not, not live, a yeah. live reading of the blog post. You should try that too. <laughs> I should. <laughs> Schedule a Zoom, be like, I'm going to do a live reading of our blog post on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. See what, see what happens. Um, great. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. This was really interesting. I enjoyed geeking out with this on it. Uh, geeking yeah. out with you on this. Me too. Thank you so much, John. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.